0: Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Today's guest is Boaz Hecht, and he is the co-founder and CEO of of 8flow.ai. We're going to learn a little bit more about what they do in just a moment, but we are going to be talking about all things related to AI, customer service, customer support. And I think it's going to be fascinating for anybody that's related to those areas. Going to be a great episode. A couple of quick announcements. If you've got a story that you want to share or you have a question that you want to ask me, jump out on any of the social channels because I am pretty much everywhere Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, you name it. I'm there. If it is a question, use the hashtag AskShep and I will answer. The question right there, I may do it in my newsletter, The Shepherd Letter. I might do it on this show, or I might do it on my TV show, Be Amazing, or Go Home. And that can be found on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Prime. And if you go to beamazing.tv, that's beamazing.tv, you will catch episodes there as well. All right, let's jump into our fantastic interview today. Boaz, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's going to be a good one today because I love... uh, First of all, I love what the company 8flow.ai does. I think it's great anytime you can make life easier. But your background, uh, having started a company that was eventually bought by ServiceNow, who happens to be one of my clients, um, and then going to work with them for uh, a few years and and running a pretty substantial piece of their business, I think it's phenomenal. And now you start another company, 8flow.ai. And just so I'm going to reflect back on how I understand what you do. And then I want you to like fill in the gaps, if you will. So essentially it's all about productivity. Anytime I have a repetitive task, I'm switching screens, switching tabs, uh, moving from one program to some other part of the program, your AI kind of figures out my flow and then eliminates all those repetitive tasks. So I can seamlessly go in and uh, just saves me time, effort, et cetera, et cetera. How did I do?
1: That was that was excellent. Yes, that's exactly
0: right. And just so the audience yeah. knows, you did not teach me that. <laughs> no, that's exactly
1: right. No, that's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. <laughs>
0: so, it, it, give us a little bit more detail on it, and then we'll jump into some of the official content that I want to talk about, which has a lot to do with AI and what's happening out there and how it impacts the customer service that we have.
1: Sure. So, um, so firstly, what, what we do? Thanks for having me. It's been it's 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 a real pleasure being here. Um, what what we do is is Um, think of it a little bit from an analogy like self-driving cars, where we have a tool that watches what you do, sees patterns of behavior that is repetitive, that it can think that it can automate. And then at the right time, when it sees that opportunity, it suggests it. And then allows you to automate it. Similar to how you might be driving a car and you might say, look, I'm on the motorway. I want to go at the same speed and I want to kind of stay in traffic. Or I want, you know, I wanna, I wanna drive from my home to the grocery store and I wanna do part of the whatever parts of the journey you want to use it, it's learning and then therefore being able to, to play it back. Um and the part that's interesting is you have many, many different enterprise business applications. And so knowing it generically is very different to being able to know it for actual enterprise application, which may be customized Salesforce or ServiceNow or any other service cloud, any uh, SAP or whatever, which is the equivalent of kind of, and then you have the you know completely customized proprietary systems that may be built. And so you need an engine that learns, and as it learns, it can automate. Boy, I'm just blown away
0: because even though I know what the end result is on all of this, I have no idea how you begin to program something like that. And I've been studying AI, gosh, back in around 2000 and I'm going to say around 14, maybe 15, I started to attend the IBM Watson conferences, and uh, which I think became Think <laughs> conferences. Uh, and and I was introduced to this whole AI concept. I go, people. Code that. How do people figure out how to write the software? It blows my mind. Very intriguing. You apparently you're a very very smart dude. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Well, let's jump into uh, talk about AI and and boy, the whole customer service world changed. You mentioned about 18 months ago. I think the world was really introduced to Chat GPT type technologies back in November, um, and we are recording this. Uh, just a little over a year later, So probably about um you know, thirteen months, fourteen months after uh, the general public was introduced. And I just want to add one other thing before I ask you officially, you know what's changed in that time frame. Um, I think that if I ask somebody after, and I guess November it was introduced. And then if I ask somebody in January or February, do you know what chat GPT is or generative AI? the average person would have no idea what I'm talking about. Six months later, they still don't know. Just last month, not even a few weeks ago, it's been out now a year. I'm in a business group. Two of the eight guys, including myself, that hang out with us, had no idea what they've heard of ChatGPT, but they didn't even know what it was. And they run pretty big businesses. So I'm still thinking the general public doesn't really know what's going on here.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's uh, so. So I think for our world in the when we're, when we're in it, it's, it feels like it's gone everywhere and everyone knows about it and then you come out of the the tech bubble and you meet normal people and they're like i don't i don't get it Yeah, because you're um, not normal they care. you're <laughs> right i would definitely normal um uh it's uh and 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 also they don't even care also you know that part you know it's um it, it it's that that the rest of the world yeah and and to the point
0: of not caring here is what i think if the public doesn't care what they, they don't care about the name of it. They don't care about what makes it happen. They only care about how it impacts
1: them. Correct. Right. It should be transparent almost. Like for them, they don't they it, it it's 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 like driving a car. I don't, you know, who produced the engine, how good is the engine, or whatever. Like for me, I love cars. So for me it's important. But for everyday people, they want to get in the car, and they want to make sure that it takes them from A to B. That's that, the objective. That's really all they're interested uh, in. Maybe the color correct. of the car. Co- yes correct or the size and the uh yeah yep. convenience so what has changed in 18 months it, maybe in the, maybe in the 13 months since it's become public rather than kind of the internal or the you know uh the pre- previews or whatever um I think the biggest thing that I saw um coming out of serviceNow um so serviceNow had obviously um uh, all the AI chat and all the different things and there was a lot of players who were who were doing different things um, deflection strategies for customer support. So, if you think of, you know, I, I I break the world into deflection and then kind of, you know, agent service. And so, the deflection is the self service, however you want to, however you want to categorize it. But the but the biggest boost, at least that we were looking at when we were at ServiceNow, was how do you deflect and kind of use a chatbot or use a portal or use whatever whatever was at your disposal. But the requirements pre November twenty. You know, 2022 was that you you needed to program it. You needed to have NLU experts. You needed to configure it. You needed to constantly study it and learn it and then and then, and then build and maintain it. And all of a sudden, ChatGPT came out, um, and there and the equivalent competitors who who've, who've been very very fast in kind of following means that all of a sudden you have an entire industry of chatbot companies that offered this capability that wasn't mainstream. Just became commoditized. Yes. And so um, I, I think the biggest change, at least you know, having run the AI chat at ServiceNow, you look at it's just part of the functionality that already exists in the product. ServiceNow, Service Cloud, Microsoft, all of the big SAP, Oracle, whatever they all have in their cloud, the ability to be able to use their data of the customer for the customer to be able to deflect by themselves using their, 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 their functionality. And so you no longer need these third party plugins to plug into it because the advantage is in the incumbents that have access to the data of their own customer. from a, from a legal perspective, it's still a customer data, but they can allow their engine to use that to automate, right. which yeah. wasn't available until like, you know 12 months ago. And that's right. a it, huge shift it's because huge. of that. It, that and just to make everybody feel very
0: comfortable while they're using customer data, it's truly anonymous data. They're watching for patterns, phrasings. Uh, they're trying to recognize when somebody says something, are they angry, are they happy, are they glad, are they sad, are they mad? Uh, If they write it out, um, you know, what does it all caps mean? (laughs) They're shouting at me. Okay. But the truth is, and that, by the way, is such a plebic, uh, sophomoric. How do you like those big words? I've been doing crossword puzzles. But these it's so basic compared to uh, what the capability is. It it really is amazing. So all of these great uh, customer support platforms you mentioned, ServiceNow and Zendesk and Salesforce. This is all being incorporated into it. It's not a third-party company that they're bringing in. It's now uh, easily and relatively inexpensive to bring it in as well.
1: Correct. Yeah. Correct. It, it's become it's become just a feature of the platform. Whereas before, it required real expertise, and so I think that industry shift is going to be. Um, it's going to be felt in the next 12 months because it takes these you know these large companies time to incorporate it but in the next 12 18 months when these customers deploy these things it'll mean that all of a sudden the you know the percentage of, of, of tickets that are reflected goes up multi, uh, multi, many multiples um but it also means that the complexity of the tickets that need to be dealt with by an actual agent are also going to increase because if you can automate the simple stuff the complicated stuff is only going to make the agents need to do more and more right. investigation, analysis, run on whatever it is they need to do.
0: By the way, one of the questions I'm going to ask in the second half of her show is if AI and generative AI and chat GPT type technologies are going, to take, uh, are going to ruin the call centers, contact centers, and it's going to eliminate jobs. You just answered the question without even knowing the question, which was, Uh, what's going to happen is the job of the human support agent is going to become more important as the easier functions are handled with uh, automation and digital support. So um, when we come back, we're going to take a short break. I want to talk to you about what you feel the hidden opportunity in customer services. I want to talk about uh, the idea, some of the fears uh, of Agents losing jobs or people in general losing jobs. And then you've got some predictions I know you want to share with us. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people who are out there, we are talking with Boaz Hetch, and we are talking about AI, customer support, customer service. Don't go away. We're coming right back. One of my favorite sayings is that customer service isn't a department. It's a philosophy, and it's a philosophy that must be embraced by everyone in the organization all the time, and that's 24-7. So if customer service is important to you, and I know it is, then you will love our virtual training, the ultimate on-demand customer service and experience training program that you can access anytime, anywhere. Now the course content applies to everyone regardless of position and responsibility, from senior executives to the most recently hired and everyone in between you'll discover tips, ideas, and strategies that won't cost your company a fortune, but will produce what I call moments of magic, those positive experiences, and it will happen at every level of your organization. So go to Customer Service VT, that's V as in virtual, T as in training. That's CustomerServiceVT.com. It's time to get customer focused. Listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We are back on Amazing Business Radio. We're talking with Boaz Hecht, who is the co-founder and CEO of 8flow.ai. And we've been talking about AI and uh, customer support. and, And you mentioned there is a hidden opportunity. I say you mentioned. It's in my notes that we wanted to talk about this. The hidden opportunity in customer service. So go ahead and enlighten us, oh great
1: wise one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, um, so we think the market is headed. Uh, sorry, not we. I think everybody thinks the market is headed towards more and more simple support tickets getting automatically resolved, which then leaves the more complicated tickets that are not automatically resolved to be resolved by agents. And therefore, I think there is there are a few different opportunities. I think one is there's a there's a differentiation opportunity for all the BPOs. We work with a bunch of BPOs where we see them being able to say, "Look, we're able to onboard our agent in a in a higher capacity. We're able to deal with tickets in a higher quality." The the culture of of the resolution, it becomes very important. Like the way a company deals with tickets and the way they deal with their the the their customer becomes a, a differentiating factor. Um some companies will will still keep more agents in order to kind of have that that communication or that contact, but then also um, give the tools to the agents in order to resolve them in a in a more in a in a in a higher value way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do we help the agents reduce the amount of menial tasks they have to do in order to focus on the on the work they need to do to analyze Um, taking data from one system to another multiple systems is just a way is is a waste of their time and so it's nobody wants to do it Um, and so if we can help them do that that's a big deal right and that's part of what your your company does um no doubt about
0: that um so um one thing you said there i want to make sure everybody understands that bpo Uh, is really, it's an acronym, but don't worry about what the acronym is. Understand that this is typically an outsourced company that, uh, companies will say, Hey, I need more customer support agents. So they will go to, uh, a BPO, a company that will help them and provide them those agents. And to your point, uh, if AI is handling the little stuff, if you will, then we are training our agents to work on bigger, more important things. Interesting, uh, thought behind that this past summer, I was at a conference and somebody in the, in the support center world said, I just don't understand it. Our, our uh, AHT, there's another acronym, average handle time, how much time a customer spends with an agent is going up. And you would think with AI, it should be going down. And I said, no, no, it's, it, it should be going up because it used to be your people were handling all these unimportant calls that AI can now answer. Like, you know, did my order get uh, sent? Uh, did the, uh, what's my checking balance? You know, things that are very easy to automate and digitize and let AI help. And then uh, what does that leave? It leaves the agent available to handle the bigger pictures. So, you know, that's that's what we're focusing on. All right. Um, where was I? <laughs> <laughs> BPOs, uh, so self-driving support agents—that's what AI is. I mean, it's uh, really it, it allows us to create a better experience for our customers. They get their answers quicker, uh, they get solutions faster, and they can even customers can be trained on what to do the next time they have the problem. Thanks to uh, AI and the way it's managed. So, any thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, I I, I think. I think we've seen a lot in the last few years of, of kind of the world of of um, ro- robotic process automation or RPA or, or kind of automation efforts. And from, you know, my experience at ServiceNow was that we had many different studios or builders. So I had probably, you know, 15 or 20 builders, NLU, Logic, Mobile, Web, um, um, Integration, a bunch of different builders. And in order to allow these agents to or sorry in order to to build support processes that were automated you needed to build these integrations or to build these workflows and learn what these agents do in order to automate them but that doesn't scale and so there there was a prevalence of these kind of task mining tools that that analyze what people do in order to then have a a a systems integrator or, or a or a um a consulting firm come and analyze and then configure and build these automations. And so one of the focuses that we we think of is that it should be really a flywheel. It should be that you have a tool that learns what people are doing. As it learns what people are doing, it can then show you the insights and then build those insights into the automation and just continually to continue to improve. And there are, you know, the the market is is definitely um um going towards that but it's the 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 ai technology that exists today allows you to do that which wasn't available you know a few years ago right and it's
0: and it's uh i'm not going to say it's slowly but surely becoming adopted by many companies it is um it's becoming adopted i think companies that don't pay attention to it are going to be left in the dust because this is this can give you an incredible advantage with the customer and what I mean by that, it's not so much that gives you the competitive advantage over somebody else, but if you're taking care of a customer in a way that makes them happy, the customer really doesn't care if it's automated, if it's digital, if it's AI, if it's human to human. They just want to know I can trust this company to get it done. So if you're staying on top of all of this as a company, you are uh, bulletproofing yourself from being from being taken, from having your customers taken away. I think is probably yeah. a better way of saying it. And uh, by the way, point. if uh, there's a void with uh, a competitor who's not doing it, you've got that opportunity. So that's why I urge people: you know, don't make the mistake. There's uh, a law; I think it's called uh, Mark Marco's Law. Um, what is? Uh, I'm not using the correct terminology, but um, it's the law that says: you know how Moore's Law was? You know, the microchip is doubling in size every. I think it was two years or something, and you know, exponentially over time, that that's huge. Well, it's the same thing with uh, what's happening with AI, but it's happening faster. And the the mistake that companies are making is not adopting it early enough to where it's, gosh, now I got to start over because I'm so far behind.
1: Yeah, I, I, and I think it's it's interesting because the um, you know what you mentioned about average handle time or, or kind of you know the the efficiency of of these these you know contact centers. I think. You almost have the, the whole industry is going through through a major shift where one, you have a lot of companies that are instead of resolve, instead of selling services in terms of people, hours, you know, whatever, you know, offshoring, they're selling services of resolution. How many tickets can I resolve? How much will it cost to resolve? And therefore the quality matters. Being able to show that, you know, I can handle 10 tickets or you can handle 10 tickets in the same amount of time isn't the same. If you handle 10 tickets and I handle 10 tickets and my 10 tickets have been resolved and aren't reopened, the quality of the way I close the tickets right. matters. Right. And so I need to analyze and say this, the way of resolving these tickets is a better way than resolving tickets in this way. Even though it's quicker, it actually opens up problems. It opens up brand uh, risk. It opens up a bunch of different things. And so the generally when you work with a BPO, you work with multiple. You don't work with one because you... You see, you want to be able to look at them. You want you want to compare them,
0: right? You want to um, see ultimately who's better and, and correct. Hitting them against each other. Uh, correct. And by the way, they know that, so they're going to try and. and
1: work. Of course, yeah. And so for us, we you know we we one of our objectives as a company is to try and provide that that level playing field of giving you analytics to see how a ticket is resolved by this person, how it takes a result, by this who's the better one? How do you coach them? Because, uh, you know, we were told by a customer yesterday or day before where, um, he said, you know, we, we all have churn. We all have issues with customers. Sorry, with, with agents and, and kind of losing agents, how can we up upskill an agent versus, um, um, you know, your bottom performers, you, you are much better off upskilling them and trying to get them to be productive. than you are, churning them and having to train because the time it takes the onboarding the cost is so much higher and so if you can do the coaching using you know the right tools that's a that's a major competitive advantage like you said
0: right and and i think that any employee that is trained to a higher level appreciates the company they're working for they feel they're being developed they feel they're growing and that's part of the fulfillment of working with a company hence lower churn of employees Which saves the company a whole lot of money. Uh, We don't have a whole lot of time uh, left. There are a couple of predictions that you might have for us. Uh, What do you think is happening in the, uh, do you think AI is going to take over the world? Do you think it's going to eliminate all the jobs in the world? What's,
1: what's in your, what's in your mind? So I think we should all be saying thank you and please whenever we speak to you know, Siri or Google Assistant or whatever it is, just to make sure. Um, I think um, we I, want I, to be so they don't get I, mad at us. And take correct, I think you know <laughs> I I find it weird not to say thank you to Siri, and uh, uh, it just feels it feels odd to kind of ask it to do something without without saying please or thank you. Um, I um I do think um, the world will look different in ten years. I just don't know how. And so I think it's a little bit like we all think of self-driving cars that at some point we're going to be getting into cars with no steering wheel and just, you know, getting in, getting out somewhere and it's going to, but we don't know how, how it'll get to that. What's the path? Is it going to be, you know, is, is it, you know, uh, when, when will it, when will that shift? And it will be more gradual than immediate because there's so much history and, and kind of everyone progresses at different speeds and different countries and different regulations that I I I just don't know how to predict it but it just feels like the world is is changed is going to be changed fundamentally by by this this wave.
0: Yeah, speaking of self-driving cars, I was in Phoenix and Las Vegas in the last uh few weeks and uh, in Phoenix I went, "Oh my gosh, self-driving car on the street with me." And I saw the same thing in Vegas uh but there was somebody sitting in the passenger or like I know there was somebody there to just in Super case. Fun. Uh although I also Thought I saw one without that. But uh, regardless, I think we're closer to it than we've ever been before. I mean, I'm thinking maybe two, three years from now, this is normal. Already, I know trucks, over the road trucks, are being managed uh, by self driving uh, systems. So for sure. Yeah. San Francisco, it,
1: by the way, you can take Waymo. Like people, I, I have friends who use Waymo regularly in, yeah. in the city, and, it's, and there's nobody in. It's it's
0: it's great. It's great. And I know that part of it is, uh, you know, they're so worried it's going to have an accident. But when you compare the number of accidents and the severity of the accidents compared to the number of accidents that humans cause, boy, you know, uh, I don't know if there's ever going to be a perfect situation, but this may be a safer one. Anyway, I'm not one to judge at this point, but, you know, looking at it from afar, I'm going to, it might be. My final question. Is there one last nugget of wisdom that you would like to share with you, with our audience? And by the way, I I always, I tell everybody who's listening, I mentioned that I would be asking this question. I just don't know what the answer is going to be yet.
1: So, um, I, I don't know if it's a nugget of wisdom. I think, um, I do think the world that from an in an industry in our world and where we where where I operate and kind of with Aflow and and kind of the the workflow automation world, I do think you know RPA has been a topic that's been spoken about for many many years and almost has never really reached the scale because it's it's it was always uh, you know un unfulfilled and i think and, now and RPA get, standing for robotic process automation yep, so so the idea of kind of automate automating workflows um i think using ai to learn is the way to scale it which is kind of what we believe and i think that's a future uh, um, which is now possible versus previously where it just, you didn't have the tools and the technology to be able to do that. Um, many, many years ago, I'm going to say it was back in the
0: 1980s. I made this statement that computers are going to make us smarter. And the guy who I was with said, no, they won't. They're just going to make us more efficient. So we'll be just as dumb as we were before, just better and quicker at it. Uh, but it's kind of the same thing. Uh, it'll take somebody that's really on the ball And give them, uh, uh, make them more productive, uh, and uh, but to I it can AI can help us be smarter and more productive, help us make less mistakes. The robotic process that you talked about is going to make us more efficient and more productive, able to get more done in a shorter period of time. And by the way, when the world wants to go to the four day work week, and we're able to give them, you know, thirty percent more efficiency, it doesn't really matter that we take an extra day off, does it? Yeah, that's correct. All right. Well, Boaz, thank you so much for being on the show. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Great
1: conversation. Thank you very much. I really appreciate having me. And uh, it's been been a real pleasure. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you.
0: All right, everybody, that wraps it up. Another episode of Amazing Business Radio. We will be back next week with another interview. And until that time, this is Chef Haiken reminding you to always be amazing.